in New Orleans They call the rising sun And it's been the ruin of many in God Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Midweek movie music edition of Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. And it is a hell of a movie, the focus of midweek movie music. We're talking about Casino, uh, my man Patrick, playing jams from the Casino soundtrack. Uh, and uh, that's the way midweek movie music works. He takes a film that inspired him, takes songs from that soundtrack, plays those songs for us. And we're supposed to guess exactly what the movie was. And today... It only took us three tries, but finally got it at Casino, um, and we appreciate my man uh, Patrick always keeping us on our toes. You keep us on our toes as well. On the Specs text line is the best way to do it, 512-337-3776. I want to talk some NFL here because that week 13 is looking like one of the sexiest NFL weekends we've had in a long time. Might be uh, the most appealing NFL weekend we've had so far. Uh, we'll get to some Colts, uh, Cowboys Colts preview, and the Cowboys made a roster move, but before we that that was a story we didn't get a chance to get to last segment. My man Mike Craven, I'll give him a ton of credit because uh, he's doing some great work over there uh, with Dave Campbell's Texas football. And every time I'm around Mike Craven, honestly, I feel old because <laughs> I remember him as a kid. Right, right, right. Because he's be hanging out uh, at the facilities with us um, because uh, Doc Craven was the uh, our, our one of our trainers at the time. And anytime you got hurt or injured, you got to hang out with Doc Craven. And right, it was, right. Oh, it was not fun. <laughs> uh, but I remember as a youngster, but now he's doing great work. He's at uh, Craven Mike, uh, C-R-A-V-E-N, Mike, uh, in the Twitterverse. But he wrote two stories uh, this past week. One was about if uh, Jimbo Fisher, not if, but it, when Jimbo Fisher hires an OC, who the OC candidate should be. Um, and he went through that uh, article a little bit. And uh, he had another one, though, about Texas State. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a great article. I'd encourage you to go check it out. Who could replace Jake Spavadol at Texas State? Here are some of the potential candidates listed by my man Mike Craven. He's at the big swing, kind of a you know swinging for the fences, if you will, is Tom Herman, which you won't get, Tom Herman. No. There ain't no doubt. Just because he's been no there way. before don't mean he wants to go back again. Amen to that, brother. You know what I'm saying? Uh, he's at realistic Eric Morris. Uh, remember Eric Morris, uh, who Texas uh, he says Texas State fans were given an up close personal look at what a Morris coach squad can do when his incarnate word team went into San Marcos and beat the Bobcats early in the 2021 season. I was there. They had that quarterback Cam Ward as the oh. as their guy, the guy that went to now the quarterback for Washington State. Oh, okay. He was the quarterback at Incarnate Word, and I he will be playing on Sunday. Uh, he says he's 37-year-old. There you go. That's pretty nice right yeah. there. Uh, he says he's 37-year-old in his first year as offensive coordinator at Washington State following four seasons as head coach at nearby Incarnate Word. My man Harris just told you uh, how that ended for him. But that's some mm-hmm. good players. He was 24-18 and 18 overall with the Cardinals, including a 10-win season in 2021. Yeah, he's, he's a former wide receiver for Texas Tech. I remember that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, there at Texas Tech. I, remember, I, I believe Texas Cliff Kingsbury had him on the staff, yep, did he, he not? Did. He did. Cliff Kingsbury had everybody that played at Tech on the staff hey, at Tech. He had his homeboys, he man. Had he, hey, he, he had all the crew. He had his crew. I don't say that. He had crew love. That's what I'm saying. He when when Shadow got his gig, he hired me. Man, I'm, I'm still waiting <laughs> for Shadow to give you that hey, call. Shadow, huh? Hey, Shadow knows what's up. He's like, nah, I ain't hiring my buddies. I ain't going out like that. Nepotism. I ain't going out like that. Uh, but yeah, he hired his crew, man. So I'll give yeah. Cliff some prop, props for that. But uh, Eric Morris also listed uh, GJ Kenny. His name has come up, come up a ton. He said, 
the first-year head coach at Incarnate Word will have options at the FBS level following a successful season with the Cardinals. He replaced Morris and arguably made the team even more explosive. Incarnate Word is the seventh seed in the FCS playoffs and received a bye in the second round. Also, remember, he's up for that Tulsa job. He's one of the yep. candidates for the Tulsa job because mm-hmm. he played there at Tulsa, too. Also, and here. And yeah, you're right. He yep. was here at Texas yep. before he transferred. Says Kenny has Texas roots and offensive philosophy and a year of experience leading a college program. And how about this? Something I said Texas State needs to consider getting back to high school recruiting, mm-hmm. getting back to, you know, kind of a form system, if you will. Uh, I know they try to rely heavily on the transfer market, uh, but for them, that can almost end up as a fool's errand at time, considering all the guys who play well at Texas State, they're not staying at Texas State, they're leaving. Um, but he's the son of a longtime Texas high school football coach. Um, and that can help them recruit at yep. the high school level. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also mentions uh, that Dave Campbell's Texas football pick will be Casey Keeler, mm-hmm. who is, uh, he said, Casey Keeler, a few coaches are proven to do uh, with more, do more with less, I should say, than Keeler, a career sub FBS, uh, sub career sub FBS coach who wins at every level. He's coached in uh, Sam Houston uh, up to the FBS rank, so maybe Killer would be open to a Texas State program that is 10 years ahead uh, of the Bearcats. So he won yeah. the FCS championship at Delaware and Sam Houston. Yeah. So. He's a good coach, and he's somebody that I believe that that will be the guy that they go after and go after hard because he does know how to build a program. He does know, you know, he has some connections to it. B.J. Foster, was one of his former players that's who right. made first team all mm-hmm. whack this year, and that's the other part of it. The what you know, Sam Houston is now in the whack conference, so the travel is a little bit different than what it would be in the Sun Belt conference. But the one thing I will tell you, Rod, as being down in San Marcos as much as I was over the last couple years, in order for San Marcos to compete and become an attractive school, everybody wants to look at it and say, "Oh, it's perfect." Well, the 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 downfall to it is it's right between Texas mm-hmm. and it's right between San Antonio. It's true. So you have some disadvantages. It's a beautiful campus. I love that place. My uncle played quarterback there, so I have favoritism mm-hmm. when it comes to Texas State yeah. or Southwest Texas at that time. Yeah. But you need to make it more attractive for coaches. You need to be able to build. And all the people that keep saying, we need this person, we need this person, put your money where your mouth is. Quit trying to to say you're going to do this. Put your money behind the program. They are practicing at a high school field when it rains. They have mm-hmm. to go inside the bubble at San Marcos High School. So that's not good for a Division One football team. No. You need to figure out those things first to make it attractive. You want to swing hard for a fence to go for Tom Herman? Make it attractive for Tom Herman. You have to make sure that you put it in that type of position so you can build that program. That's the one gripe that I would say because everybody thinks that they're going to go get this guy, that guy. Go get build the program first mm-hmm. and make it attractive for the coaches because everybody thinks they can build it. We all know, oh, if I come down there, I'm going to change the entire program. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We get that. But put your money where your mouth is and help them recruit those types of players that you keep wanting. Yeah. 
No, that's a good point there. Uh, definitely got to have the donor base uh, up to up to task. And they got some people um, with some money down there. I know. Don't, don't get it twisted. I see no, it. No, I'm sure they do. <laughs> um, but that they definitely need to start investing in uh, that program. Otherwise, yeah, they could even fall further behind. Uh, it says here the wild card will be Emmett Jones uh, for him. He said Emmett Jones is now on the Texas Tech staff as the wide receivers coach. Remember, he was the interim head coach at Kansas before Lance Leopold took over, and he was once the head coach at South Oak Cliff. Mm. So he's got high school recruiting uh, ties as well. Uh, a lot of people think that that could be a sleeper potentially. He also brings up Kenny Perry, mm-hmm. another name to watch if Texas State looks for a former high school coach. Uh, currently the associate head coach at Texas Tech with Joey McGuire, who pulled up a lot of high school coaches on his staff. Um, he spent 14 years as high school head coach in the DFW area, also had stops at TCU, Kansas, and SMU. Uh, so that could be another name. He also brings up Mike Jinks. Jinx is the same mode as Jones. Emmett Jones, currently the running back coach at Houston, but he's a successful head coach at nearby Cibolo Steel High School before moving to the college ranks. So that's another kind of the, has the high school recruiting ties that you need, but that's a guy you're gonna have to you know invest time in as well because you, you need time to build it. He also brings up Brendan Marion. Yeah, uh, Brendan Marion. Well. The report just came out. Uh, Horns twenty four seven just says sources say Brendan Marion is about to interview for the Tulsa job. Oh, he makes sense. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know he's he's get. I mean, he went to school there. Um, yep. He's a former Tulsa player and had a great career there yep. at Tulsa. Yep. So that makes a lot of sense. I Mike Jinks I, was the former quarterback at Converse Judson as well. Okay, there you go. Yeah, uh, he so. also brings up here in this article Drews uh, Savoboda. Mm-hmm. I'm about to say his name correctly. Currently the special assistant to the head coach, um, as well as coaching tight ends and special teams at Alabama under Nick Saban. But he has a lot of Texas ties, former high school coach in the Houston area. And Jason Washington. J-Dub. You, you know Jason Washington really yep, well. Yep. Uh, Texas State, <clears throat> he's a native son. Um, he's currently in his third year working with the secondary Mississippi State. But a yeah. four-year letterman for the Bobcats. Yeah, I played football and baseball there <laughs> at uh, Texas State University. So he's go. dual sport. Uh, going back to Mike Jinks, Mike Jinks is somebody, he took a coaching job over at Bowling Green before. Uh, didn't go as well. Didn't, didn't, you know, that's why I keep saying is some of these programs you have to show patience for these coaches to bring, be able to bring in their guys. Mm-hmm. But the other part of it is the transfer portal giveth and it taketh away. So you may be able to pull some guys, but I agree with you. The high school ranks is is something that a lot of these kids, they need to in, enjoy their time because as soon as you get to college, things kind of change, right? Mm-hmm. We've been talking about it. Texas looking at guys getting in and out of the portal, and they're at, they're at the top of the pecking order. So you got some guys that you have to go out and, and try to get. So it'll be an interesting search, and whoever – takes over that program, and it's a good program. As I said, my uncle was part of that program. I've had friends that I grew up with that went to school there and played football there. They're looking to make a splash, but they need to support the splash. Sleeper for the uh, Texas State job, but also potentially for that Tulsa job, uh, just like Brendan Marion, will be Joe Gillespie. Joe Gillespie, Mm -hmm. the TCU defensive coordinator. Remember, he is a Stephenville native. He went to Angelo State, spent multiple years, multiple decades actually, coaching high school football in Texas, Mm -hmm. 72-23 and as head coach of Stephenville High School in seven years. Did win a state title there, 
and now he is the uh, D.C. with that Sonny Dyke staff. Uh, just recently joined that staff. Remember, he was at Tulsa before joining that staff. So he's got Texas ties, and Tulsa is probably wants to interview Joe Gillespie, too. Yeah. Um, so uh, my man uh, Jeff Howe did text me, too, and say, yeah, go check out that story uh, that they wrote about Brendan Marion interviewing for the Tulsa job. It makes sense. He's yeah. a fast riser. I said that when I wanted him to come to Texas during the Tom Herman regime. He wasn't going to be at Texas long. My big complaint would be that the wide receiver position has actually gotten worse. They've regressed <laughs> since Brendan yeah. Marion's been here. But I do believe that the 21 person I just talked about in Rod's round today, I think it benefited greatly from him bringing in his go-go concepts from his triple option two-back offense with the West Coast passing game. And I think if they gave him more time, he would have a positive effect on the development of the wide receivers too. But the truth is, if you want to be a fast riser, that's the key. You got to yeah. keep rising. You can't stick at one place too long or people will forget about you. Right. And I've talked to several FBS coaches, and when they talk about uh, hot names for coordinator jobs, Brendan Marion name comes up probably 70 to 80% of the time. For sure. And he hasn't been calling plays here at Texas, and he needs to call plays. If he's got an offense, that's the go-go offense. Mm-hmm. He needs to keep refining it and cultivating that offense. And you don't do that if you ain't actually calling plays. So I, w- I didn't expect him to stay here long. I don't know if he's going to go to Tulsa or if that's the job. Uh, but either way, you're starting to see his name come up for multiple jobs. He, he won't be here but one or two more years anyway. He's yeah. got to go somewhere and start calling plays again. Right. You can't. If you, you can't, you, you can't you'll be stay that a position dude. coach forever, yeah, yeah. And, and, and you'll get typecast as that unless you keep moving on to different and better opportunities. So, no doubt. I expect that from you. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, let's get to this NFL Week 13 uh, look ahead. Oh, first, before we do that, Cowboys news, really quickly. Yep. Uh, this is actually something that dropped today. I didn't understand if it was a, a big news or not. The Cowboys waived Terrell Basham, the defensive end. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just it's a first world problem. I think they have so much damn talent. They Correct. got and <laughs> you know a luxury <laughs> of resources there uh, at defensive end, and they have a surplus basically with Micah Parsons playing the edge now, and you got Fowler playing the edge. You got Dorms Armstrong. You got Demarcus Lawrence. I'm sure I'm missing some guys. You just loaded there. You just yeah, got too many guys, and they tried to trade him, but nobody wanted to trade for Bashir. Right? They tried and, to trade, and him. you know, you start looking at what he did. He only played in two games this year. Last year, he played in all seventeen. Mm-hmm. He played fifty five percent of the snaps last year, and and but this year, as you said, there's just too much happening. Too many players that are are yeah. growing up. We talked about Dorrance Armstrong and what he's been able mm-hmm. to bring to the table. You talked about Sam Williams, D, as we like to call him. <laughs> D Williams D. is out there doing his thing. Chauncey Goldston, they're still keeping. I mean, they're doing so many different things. And Dante Fowler, they all they started so playing. And they're all playing well. Right. They're all, there has been a drop-off. Yeah, so when they were looking to make this move, it was just something that they were like, okay, we tried to trade you. Don't say we didn't give you that opportunity. We tried to make something happen. Mm-hmm. Just didn't work out. So we're going to do you a favor and go ahead and let you go and see if somebody else will pick you up. A lot of times people don't want to trade or or take over their contracts. So they want you to get released, yeah. and then they'll sign you, put you on the practice squad. And that's the other thing too, Rod. I mean, think about how many players that they got on their practice squad as well that they could possibly bring up that's not taking up a lot of money either. Yeah. And I don't know how much money he was bringing, but I know if you're on the practice squad, we still got Malik Jefferson on the practice squad. Linebacker, you know what I'm saying? That's a good point. I didn't even look at their practice squad, but you're right, the Cowboys, they're one of the more homegrown teams in the Mm -hmm. NFL. 
And I think uh, Terrell Basham was a third-round pick, if I'm not mistaken, in 2017. And actually, and last— I think he was drafted by either the Colts or okay. the Lions. He wasn't yeah. even a Cowboys draft pick. Exactly. But he played a lot for him yeah. last year. I was yeah. surprised when I looked it up. He played uh, last season— um, he played 55% of the defensive snaps yep. and 24% of the, the special team snaps. Mm-hmm. So I was surprised he actually played that much. I didn't realize that he had been um, you know, a guy that the Cowboys were actually utilizing on defense. So they He must... had 11 quarterback hits last year, too. Yeah, he, yeah. Actually, yeah, and he wasn't a bad player. He had, right. some star- he had 18 starts in his career. So he saw the field, but 11 career sacks. Uh, but the Cowboys, I just think they have an embarrassment of riches. At pass mm-hmm. rusher and on the D line, so first world problems for the Cowboys, and I think they tried to trade him just like they tried to trade uh, Tristan Hill. Tristan Hill, yeah. Um, and they end up waving him. I think it's a similar situation. Tried to trade him, couldn't get anything for him, and they're just moving on. Yeah, time to move it. Yeah, uh, but uh, Cowboys Colts. We'll get to that preview tomorrow because we got time to get into the uh, the Cowboys Colts preview for the rest of the week. But the week thirteen look ahead uh, to the NFL, which got, starts tomorrow, by the way. It does start tomorrow, and yeah. that's that's not a bad matchup. I either. like that matchup. That's tomorrow, a that's right? a kind of a sexy matchup too. Yeah. Um, and we'll get into it, breaking that down to us. So Bills and the Patriots, right? Yep. Yeah, yep. Bills and Patriots. We'll get to that t- uh, tomorrow for the first matchup. In Foxborough. Uh, and as Patrick mentioned, man, you've talked about the AFC East alone coming yeah. up this week 13. Lot uh, You'll have some separation. All right. You'll have uh, the the game between, of course, the Miami Dolphins at the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, there's the top of that division. Just talked about Thursday. You'll have the AFC East matchup between the Patriots and the Bills. Uh, that's another. And the Jets have a huge matchup. Yep. J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. Yeah, They're they facing the Vikings. I actually. In Minnesota on the road. Oh, that is good. I ain't yeah. think about you're right about yeah. that. Yep. I like this matchup. I'll tell you why I like it. Because I think I, I, I think Robert Sella is gonna put the rookie Sauce Gardner on Justin Jefferson as much as possible. It will be a, a kind of a cat and mouse uh, game of chess, if you will, between um, Kevin O'Connell, the play caller from Minnesota, and Robert Sala trying to figure out how to match up Sauce Gardner on Justin Jefferson and how to move and hide Justin Jefferson uh, within the framework of that offense. That's going to be amazing. And here's something I think is going to come back to haunt Minnesota and why. It's in Minnesota, right? Yep, yep. You got to watch Mike and Mike White. There's not a lot of film on Mike White. If he starts this game and he had a great game last uh, game, uh, they had a 31 10 win at their best offensive output of the season 446 total yards, 11 yards per attempt, and 75% completion percentage for Mike White in that game. And he threw for over 300 yards for the second time in his four starts. Minnesota's pass defense is very easy mm-hmm. to decipher. It's extremely easy to decipher because they play a ton of zone. That's, they just love to play zone. They're 31st in cover one rate, playing man-to-man. 29th in cover zero rate, man-to-man, no help. They're 27th in two-man under, which is basically a press man with two deep safeties. They are 30th in press man coverage. They don't play a lot of man at all. Right. And, yeah, I mean, you can still be successful just playing a lot of zone, but it makes you easier to to me to exploit because you know exactly what they're going to be. They'll be in zone 80 to 90% of the time. And if Mike White can just decipher what that zone coverage, they may be able to pick, you know, pick Minnesota apart because there's not a lot of film on how to game plan against Mike White. Yeah. It's not, especially in this offense. Yeah, Matt Jones had a good game against Minnesota mm-hmm. last week. He went 28 of 39 for 382 yards last mm-hmm. week. Now, Mac Jones obviously has more 
time. I mean, he's been on the field a lot more than, than Mike White. And so they got a chance to work the field, and he's got a chance to manipulate that offense. I mean, that defense of Minnesota. But we don't know exactly what that offensive line is going to be able to do for, for uh, the Jets. The Minnesota's defense, their front four, they're pretty tough up front. It's that secondary that is more susceptible to the passing game. Mm-hmm. So what is Jordan Hicks going to do? Is he going to be able to to play at a high level? Uh, Patrick Peterson has been playing better as of late. Is he going to be able to lock up? But they don't have any guys that you would really say are the go-to. What, Garrett Wilson is there, probably their number one. He would Somebody, be considered yeah. their number one. But what, what other than that? So I, I'm I'm with you, but I like Mike White. I even picked him up in fantasy this hey, week. Hey, you really like him? Yeah, I really like because I really <laughs> don't know what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. So I needed to go get somebody that can go out there and throw the ball around. Need some points. Need some points. <laughs> Need yeah. some points. Yeah, he might have a good. Like I said, he's thrown for 300 plus yards in two of his four starts. Yeah. So you might be on to something. Uh, the other there are lots of other big games. I think you talked about this in the Hard Knock Life, but that San Fran Miami matchup, San Fran hosting Miami seven and four versus eight and three. Um, it, the amount of eye candy is going to be amazing right. in this matchup. Oh my goodness! Uh, both of these teams, because they're from the same coaching tree, um, they use pre-snap motion more than any other teams in the NFL. Uh, Dolphins are at 75% of their snaps. They utilize pre-snap motion. The 49ers are at 71%. And their quarterbacks benefit from it a ton. Garoppolo, third in passing touchdowns, fifth in yards per drop back, and tenth in completion percentage with pre-snap motion. Tua, he is fourth, first, and fourth in those categories with pre-snap motion. So it's going you may get dizzy. Right. right, watching this damn right. game because they're gonna be moving around a ton. Uh, but man, it is uh, like I said, this is basically football porn. Yeah, Rod, uh, what's the over under on personnel packages and formations in this game combined <laughs> oh, between the two that's teams? That's what I was saying. Those pre snap motions and <laughs> yeah. the shifts and everything—it's gonna be you're gonna have your head what? spinning what? looking at that. Oh, and oh, you yeah. know they're both trying to show out for the other one across the exactly. field. Exactly. And I always said that you know you'll see it sometimes with coaches. I've seen it with uh, different coaches here on the college level um, where they will steal certain plays and concepts mm-hmm. from their opponent and use them against their opponent their oppo- the opposing coach and it's not disrespectful it's, it's almost a as a you know an homage if you will yeah, it's a tribute to them yeah. to show them how much you respect them and how deep your dives are about their offense and I guarantee you on both sides because Shannon was famous for doing this against opponents he did it against Sean Payton famously it's a great example <laughs> of it but anytime he faces Sean McVay you'll see a ton of these examples going back and forth between the two, and I guarantee you there are going to be a lot of these tributes, if you will, between Mike McDaniels and um, my man Shano in that matchup. So that's going to be really cool, too. Yeah, and, and, you, and you'll recognize them because if you've watched these teams, you will see exactly what Rod is talking about, what Patrick just brought up, because that is something that I pay attention to as well when I'm watching these two teams because both of their offenses – just you, you want to play in those if you're an mm-hmm. offensive-minded person. Yeah. You want to be a part of that. And it's just it's so crazy when you start breaking it all down and how they come up with these concepts. 
It's crazy. No, yeah. and, and it's like I said, it, they're very similar. I mean, it's it's going to be freaky how um, how similar and the the concepts and the scheme is and all the pre-snap motion is. So I can't wait for that matchup. And by the way, Tua's leading the the NFL in yeah. passer rating. Yes, he is. I mean, Tua's just the real deal. The Tua's in an MVP conversation right now, and he found his muse. Right, that's uh, his guy. Well, Tyreek Hill's leading the NFL in both receptions and receiving yards, but Jalen Waddle is also, I believe, top ten. Yeah. In receiving yards, too. They are the Cold most. Cold blooded, dog. Yeah, they're easily the most <laughs> dynamic receiving duo in the league. Cold blooded. But they'll be going up against the best defense in the league. D'Amico mm-hmm. Ryans is leading uh, that defense right now, and they are leading the NFL in scoring defense. They're also leading the NFL in total defense, and they've shut out opponents in the last six quarters. As a matter of fact, since Kansas City scored those 30 second half points, they have not allowed an opponent to score any points at all in the second half right. since that game. So you're talking about since week eight, they've allowed zero points in the second half. They've allowed a 58.9 passer rating in the second half and a 4.4 yards per attempt mark in the second half <laughs> versus that San Francisco defense. They are nasty. Yeah. Demico yeah. Ryan's. I don't know. He needs to get more love for having a head coaching candidate or head coaching job. Well, that's what everybody talks about. Every ga- every game there. that you watch, San Francisco, that is what the announcers are talking about because of his defensive prowess. Well, and because every 49ers coach, every Shanahan coach gets fi- gets hired away from him. Yep. True Except that. for Demico Ryan's. Yep. Uh oh. Demico Ryan started there uh-oh. in. Uh, 2017 is when he started with the 49ers. And you can't play the race card because the other guys have been biracial as well. Bi, not full. <laughs> and multiracial. They have been. Mike McDaniels, multiracial, and Robert Sala. Not full. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. Uh, I'm just saying. You can play the race card. I'm yeah, not joking. I was going to say, you played the you game play right. You can play the race card if uh-huh. you want to. Uh-huh. You can play it if you I mean, want to. It's I mean, okay. two of those I, you could bring to dinner. <laughs> no one about it now. Hey. They're they, still trying hey, to figure out what he is. Wait, what? what hey, what they got Rooney Rule draft picks that 49ers did hey, for both did? of those uh, coaches moving on to become head coaches. Shanahan know what he's doing. Oh, hey. you're not. You? Wait, what? <laughs> Don't okay, you be part of it. He's a half season. Yeah. I'll take him. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> All right, we'll come back. We'll get into <laughs> Texas Crate Preview and break it out on the other side. Right here on Baldo Line, 104 the Horn. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Midweek movie music right here on Ball Don't Lie. And the uh, focus of midweek movie music, Casino, one of my all-time favorite flicks. Thanks to my man Patrick for the hard work for midweek movie music. And every time we go out, people always say, oh, I remember this scene now. I remember this oh, scene. Yeah. This, this is, is actually the boss. He's the new new boss of Las Vegas. Yep. Dun, dun, dun. Yes, I remember this when he takes, now. shoots him up at the bars, torturing yes. that guy. Yep. Oh, man. Yeah, remember he tortured the guy. For uh, that he put his head in a vice. Yes. Yep. Remember this? Oh, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nikki was hardcore. Uh, all right. Uh, tomorrow we have a great basketball game. Uh, as a matter of fact, you can hear it live right here on 104.9 The Horn between the uh, Texas men's basketball team and Creighton. Uh, right now the Longhorns are ranked number two, I believe, in the latest AP uh, Top 25 poll right behind U of H. Uh, and uh, Creighton is ranked number seven. 
right now. And guys, I think looking at the matchup early, and of course tomorrow we'll break this down in detail um, and get in, get into it. And I want to get my man uh, Patrick's thoughts on this really tonight because Patrick, you got to work so early tomorrow, you won't be able to join us and get uh, your break. We won't be able to get your analysis and breakdown on this matchup. Uh, but I think two factors are going to determine the Texas Creighton uh, matchup. I think turnovers are going to be big. Mm-hmm. It's going to be huge, and I'm I'm thinking. Offensive rebounding, it's going to be big in this matchup. Um, and if I thought, throw a three, when I say three, three point shot, the three point shot for Texas Ooh. or for Creighton, Creighton's really good at three point shot. Yeah, and Texas is not. Texas eh, is a little they, rough from time. They're to time. inconsistent. I'm gonna say because mm-hmm. it's a small sample. They're inconsistent from three point line. But the Creighton uh, blue is that a Jayhawks? A blue Hawks. The Jayhawks. Jayhawks. Oh, uh, blue, blue, blue Jays. Blue Jays. Blue, blue Jays. I'm not gonna say Blue Hawks. Blue Jays. Blue Jays. I want to blue mix them and mash them yeah. together. Thank you very much. Yeah. Blue Jays. Yeah. Uh, they actually have been pretty good from three point range so far this year. Yeah, they're number seven in the country. I mean, yeah. number seven ranked in the country. And like I told you yesterday, they got some guys that can absolutely stroke it from uh, from downtown. They're thirty eight percent from yep. three point range so yep. far this year. This and number fifty five is the lefty that can shoot it from all over, and he is uh, a big lefty too, six foot seven. And that's the other part, the size differential with some of these guys as well. That's they true. got a seven foot one center. They got guards that are six four, six seven forward, and a, the, the smallest guy is six foot. So they get up and down the floor too. They like to run a little bit. So yeah. this is going to be a big time matchup, and you said it, Rod. You know, you start looking at the turnovers and how our, our each team is going to be affected by turnovers. It's going to be one of those games where you look at it. Texas is has recorded 141. It's going to be big to 37. That's the points off of turnovers. It's going to be big. They've had 41 and just 41 assists has allowed just 41 assists and forced 103 turnovers. Texas has turned over opponents at the fourth highest clip in the country. Right. Nearly 29%. Uh, Creighton ranks 17th in offensive turnover percentage, only 14% right. uh, turnover percentage. That's that's the number. That's the number. That's it. That's and then it. The, and you just brought up the points off of those turnovers yep. are going to yep. be big. Uh, Patrick, you know this team probably better than anybody. You've got a chance to see them up close and personal. Uh, what are your thoughts about this Texas-Creighton matchup? Do you feel confident? Uh, I, I do feel confident. I like these matchups against better offensive teams. I yep. just do for yep. this Texas team. Mm-hmm. I think we match up really well against that because Texas plays really, really, really good defense. And uh, they haven't had a problem this even though in the scrimmage against Arkansas, against Gonzaga. They were able to get what they wanted on the defensive end. And good defense spurs good offense. Mm-hmm. Right. So yep. 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 Uh, it's been nice to see. I am. I agree with you. Uh, offensive rebounding, Texas needs to make sure that Creighton does not get too many second chances. They're not great you, at anyway. But you can't allow yeah. you can't allow good three point shooting teams to get up second That's third chances point. because that is a way you do you play great defense for thirty seconds and they get ball bounces out and they shoot again and they score and yeah. you went man we played for thirty seconds we did it perfect and then because one guy didn't box out they get three points That's and we're point. coming down the other end yeah so that one's huge and then for Texas you can't go two for twenty in three point shooting. Because you're gonna, you know, when they have some big guys, they're gonna be able to defensive rebound. You'll get some offensive rebound, but you're gonna have to try and limit the amount of shots it takes you to get those to go in. It's a great point too yep. about the offensive rebounding because it's gonna be mo- emotionally draining. To it's almost like giving up a third, a third long. 
Yeah. Right. right, <laughs> right. Fourth down conversion. They right. worked really hard to get him the third and long, and then like, oh man, we gave that up. So I'm totally with you. I think mentally for Texas, that could be something that's draining for them if they, you know, continue to work real hard, force them into low percentage shots from three point range. They missed a shot, and then they end up getting an easy bucket after yeah. a, you know a a, a a a a layup or getting back on the board. So that could yeah. be. I think it's going to be offensive rebounding. Turnovers and I think three point shooting and Texas is really good at defending three point shots. Yes, they are. They, they are they hold, put hold, pressure on you. Man. Yeah, they hold opponents to twenty six percent from three point range. If that continues, they beat the Creighton Blue Jays. Well, because yeah. the, the thing about the Texas Longhorn and what we've seen thus far is they put so much pressure, they make you uncomfortable. You don't get really good open looks. Yeah, you never relax. You're never in a position. The ball is almost like you're playing frantic basketball. You're trying to move the ball and trying to get them out of their their, uh, defensive stances, but they're right there. And, And again, the length of these guards that Texas has now is something that we hadn't seen here in a long time. Those guys have long arms, and they close out well. Yes, Jabari Rice is, is a special player where he can do it on both ends of the yeah. court. And uh, But, yeah, he is just a long player that you can see him get in, place, get in people's faces and stuff where he doesn't have to overcommit a lot. And mm-hmm. they have multiple of those players. And, I mean, I think, again, and this just goes throughout the season, uh, is just you know staying on the right end of foul trouble. Because one of the advantages of Chris Beard, what he does, and a lot of people don't like it, but his rotation, he runs a very tight, quick rotation because he is a defensive coach. So some people get mad that there's no offensive rhythm, but defensively, you're basically continually sticking in fresh guys who have good legs and no one's on their last leg getting beat for, you know, a quick six points. And so if you're able to stay out of foul trouble, then you can keep that rotation in line and this defense can stay fresh. And that's when you see a guy who's normally used to playing 35 minutes a game and he's going up against someone who's only got 20 minutes logged. Again, the, at the end of these games, fresh legs are going to win. And point. when you need to make those shots and when you need you need to get a stop, if you got fresh legs and they don't, it can really help you out. That's yeah. a great point. It's almost a promise that Chris Beard makes to his players. You give me maximum intense effort. Yeah. I will make sure you're fresh. I will I will, I won't have you dying out there on the floor, but you got to give me everything you got. Yep. And I will make sure you are fresh so that you can continue to give me that maximum effort. So it's almost a it's a trust between the players and yep. the coach. And I agree. I think he does a great job with that. And you're right, it's about the defense. It may actually, you know, hurt them a little bit on the offensive side, yep. but they're a defensive identity. That's their that's their identity. It's a defensive oriented team. Yep. And it's creating offense for them. To your point, Harge, about the points off turnovers. Uh, that can be another big factor in this matchup. Uh tomorrow we won't have my man uh, Patrick to help us break it down because we'll be off a little bit early. For yep. Texas basketball, but we will be breaking down this matchup. I can assure you of that. So we'll get more Texas Creighton discussion in tomorrow. All right, we'll come back on the other side, uh, wrap this thing up, put it in the oven right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104 Now the Horn. Pop a top again. You mind if I have some of your tasty beverage to wash? Huh? Oh, yeah. I've been known to drink a beer or two. I think a man working outdoors feels more like a man if you're going to have a bottle of suds. It's only my opinion. Sir, I got beer. I got bottled breast milk. Eh, why don't we start with the beer? Okay. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Wait, it's already 5 o'clock here. It's time for What's on Tap. How about a nice cool drink? That's oh, really man, good. That's good. That's that is... Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Mm. 
All right, welcome back to Bob Don't Lie right here on 104.9. The horn getting ready to wrap this thing up and put it in the oven. Before we do, we'll let you know what's on tap. Uh, and uh, if you missed any part of the show, please go to hornfm.com. You can catch up with them on the podcast page. Uh, did get a text or letter, so we might have another transfer as well. Ben Ballard. Yep. Ben Ballard has horn. now entered the transfer portal. He was a uh, on the he was in that quarterback room there you go. with all them other quarterbacks. So he was like, well, he's graduated, so now he's in the portal. Transfer portal given. And, and it also take it, take it away. away. That's right. Uh, all right. Uh, what you got on tap for tonight? I'm going to try to watch some basketball, but we got a call right after this. So we'll be on the phone for a little bit and yeah. moving around. We got a meeting after this. So, man, late night meeting. That's right. So some real stuff going on. Patrick, what you got going on tonight? Uh, basketball. 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 Beautiful thing. And tomorrow, lots of basketball discussion about Texas versus Creighton. Uh, remember, the revolution will not be televised. We're talking about it right here on Ball Don't Lie. We love you guys. We mean that. Take care of yourselves. But more importantly, take care of each other. Have a great night. Peace.